In decades past, you opened a business, hung out your shingle, and the customers came. Today, hanging out your shingle means creating an engaging website. The modern consumer is using the internet to find businesses like yours. Are you positioned so you'll rise to the top of their search? Let the Radio Vermont Group Digital Services work with you to make sure you're visible online and to target your marketing to location, demographic, and interest. Learn more at rvgdigital.com. Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. Uh, joining me for the second hour is Drew Watson, who is an agricultural development specialist from the Vermont Agency of Agriculture, Food, and Markets. And he is going to be talking about the results of a survey that he conducted on behalf of the agency uh, detailing flood damage to farmers, and it's pretty unnerving, to say the least. Uh, uh, Drew, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, this is great. Sorry for all the emails back and forth, but here we are. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about your background and your job at the Agency of Agriculture? Absolutely. Uh, I'm an agriculture development specialist. I work on the marketing and export team. But what's relevant here is that I manage the development division's data metrics efforts, including grants data tracking, farmers market pricing, uh, beef pricing and volume, and now the agency's effort to capture damages from the terrible flooding and severe weather that occurred in July. Uh, I have my bachelor's degree in environmental sociology and my master's degree in environmental policy and economics. Uh, and I spent time uh, farming and teaching uh, in upstate New York and southwest Colorado. Great background for the, for the Ag Division. I, I love the folks that work over there. You guys do so much great work, and we sure love our farmers. Um, so we're here, as Drew said, to talk about uh, uh, what happened here in Vermont from July 7th through the 18th with our catastrophic weather and flooding um, all over the state, but... Uh, Certainly my experiences in Montpelier and Barry, which were hit pretty hard. Um, and so the agency asked Drew to, um, to put together a survey um, to find out the impact of the natural disaster to our agricultural community. And Drew, when uh, whoever Anson asked you, the secretary asked you to put this together, what, what were you trying to find out? What were the key components of what you were trying to find out from the farmers um, and how much response? I'm sure they wanted to respond to let folks know what they were dealing with. I think the survey approach was really twofold. One was to get the key information that we felt would be most helpful to pass on to state and federal policymakers and external partners as they make the big decisions on how best to support our farmers in the aftermath of this natural disaster. And the other part of it was to not overburden our producers with an additional survey when they are already very busy reporting their damages to FEMA, to Vermont 211, their Farm Service Agency office, and others. So balancing those two things was really important. To do this, uh, we pulled together eight amazing staff members of the agency who work with farmers on a daily basis and could offer insight uh, to what questions to ask and how best to ask them. Uh, we contacted external partners like the Northeast Organic Farming Association of Vermont and Agrimark to make sure we were capturing data that would be helpful to their relief efforts. And uh, we sent it along to our agency leadership for a, a rigorous review process uh, with our agency attorney and, and leadership staff 
Uh, and I think the outcome was a survey that, that really only took five to 10 minutes to complete and uh, was helpful in us determining what sorts of damages farmers were facing. Uh, we asked kind of three big categories. Uh, first was just identifying information, their farm and business name, their county, what they produce, and how big of a farm they have. And then we focus specifically on measuring damages, uh, whether it's acreage or total dollar amount lost. And then we wanted to get even finer tuned and measure the financial severity of their situation, which included questions about their insurance, their percentage of annual income lost to this natural disaster, potential feed shortages, and some questions about their cash flow. Yeah, that was, uh, some of those answers were pretty disturbing. Um, because they also just went through um, that the uh, frost, was it back in May, um, that did some damage as well. Uh, I know this survey was focused specifically on this current disaster, but they've been through a lot this year. They really have. It's been a year of difficulty for Vermont farmers. We had the frost event in May. Uh, we now have a USDA disaster declaration approved for the May frost event, which unlocks low-interest loans and other assistance through the USDA. Uh, we wanted to keep these damages separate from the flooding and severe weather because a second disaster declaration needed to be submitted to USDA, uh, which has now been approved for all 14 counties. And uh, even though the frost event was incredibly severe for orchardists and other producers, uh, the flooding impacts are, I believe, more widespread and damaging. Uh, and we wanted to focus survey yeah. results just on those damages. And I'm sure this, um, uh, I, I've, every time I've heard um, Governor Scott speak, when he does his uh, updates, he's always making sure that people report the, their damages because the more the uh, feds know about the the depth of the disaster, the more funding we're going to get. So I'm sure this survey uh, helped a lot to um, make sure the feds know how disastrous this was and, and what kind of help we would need, right? Absolutely. I think that in situations like this, knowledge and information is really powerful, and right. people can't know and help and know how much to help unless we give them figures like this that really lay out how severe things yeah. are for our producers it was, this year. It was a very good survey. So um, how many uh, – I know that you put the, res the number of responses to the survey, um, which was, what, 264? Do I have that number correct, or is it more now? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so how many how many farms are out there that how many did not respond? I guess is what I'm asking. Well, yeah, I think that 264 felt like a tremendous response for us, but we do want to stress that uh, even though we've made a valiant effort to capture as much as we could, we believe that there's more out there. The U.S. Yeah. Census data from 2017 does say there's around 6,000 farms in the state of Vermont. And we uh, captured a, a portion of them, but we know there's more damages out there. We're proud of the effort we made to contact through social media, websites, newspapers, and other media to reach as many people as we could. Right. But this is, this is a portion, and we believe the total result is more severe than what these numbers show. Oh, that is very sad to hear. I'm sorry they didn't participate. Well, maybe they couldn't. They might have lost all kinds of... Um, social media contacts and, and uh, um, uh, if their homes have been destroyed and stuff, they may not be able to reach out. Um, do you have some kind of master list of, of the farms that, that we have here in Vermont or, or not? 
We don't have necessarily one single list, but we are able to go through the divisions at the agency uh, through our grant programs and, and other folks here at the Agency of Agriculture and get what we feel is a pretty comprehensive list of active producers in the state. Um, but there's no sort of single master list, if, if that's what oh. you're asking. Yeah, well, then there's also different – I'm thinking there's uh, – it's not all just cows. It's, there's uh, fruits and vegetables. There's flowers. There's all kinds of things, pro, uh, produce, that make up our agricultural sector these days. I think when you think about ag, you think about uh, uh, animals, but that's not the whole story. No, the the agency is, is making a strong effort to support all types of farmers, and this survey data shows that – Every type of farmer in the state of Vermont was impacted, whether you grow hay or feed crops, livestock, vegetables, dairy, uh, fruits and berries, maple products or eggs. Uh, we, we received responses and, and grave concern from, from every corner of the uh, ag economy. Yeah, it's, um, it's – and you know what I found interesting? Um, at one point I was talking to Anson, and he said, although we've lost some farms – because of technology, we've we've been able to keep up with the amount of uh, product that we produce. Um, so even though it looks like some of the farms we've lost some farmers, that we're um, we have the capacity to to keep that pr- production rate up uh, because of technology. I'd love to do a show on that uh, someday to talk about um, what farmers have available um, to to keep that production up. It's kind of interesting. Um, Absolutely. I think I think one of the major success stories here at the agency is that when road closures were severe from the flooding, we had staff here at the agency out actually surveying damages and relaying it back to uh, dairy uh, trucking folks to uh, make sure that they could go around or find alternative routes. Uh, so some of our inspection staff and others were out there making sure that we weren't going to lose uh, any milk or have to dump. And the result was a, a relatively very small amount of milk that had to be dumped statewide. Wow. That's fabulous. Um, Drew, um, I, it's hard to get people to respond to surveys, but I think I, I think that that number is, is pretty solid, 264. Um, and I agree with you about the, the response in general. Um, I guess, could we talk a little bit on one on one of the documents I downloaded? There was a, a list of breakdown of damages, most significant damages. Maybe we could talk about that page that I think um, that information that was on that page, it might really help people to understand the severity of the damage and, and uh, where, it, where it occurred. Um, so could you give us uh, a breakdown of the damages? Um, that were included in your survey? Absolutely. So the damages that we broke out were um, the most common damages as well as the most significant damages. The total damages that were reported were just over $16 million and about 27,000 acres. Uh, The average respondent had 103 impacted acres and about $61,000 in damages. The most common damages across our respondents were damages to soil or land, the loss of crops that are meant for feed, and the loss of crops meant for wholesale or retail markets. And uh, 34% of our respondents said that the loss of crops meant for feed was their most significant damage, uh, followed by 29% saying that crops meant for resale or wholesale markets 
was their most significant, and then 16% said damage to soils or land. And I think that that bears out when we talk to a lot of farmers and ask them for comments. One of the most grave concerns is the ability to feed animals over the winter and also the ability to get crops to market or to have to uh, not harvest out of fields where floodwaters have touched produce. Wow. And I, I was reading about the, the feed shortage for the animals. I don't think people realize necessarily that in addition to the crops for sale, you've got to keep the animals healthy and fed uh, during the winter. What um, what services can we provide these folks if there's not enough feed? How do, what do we do? Do we take it from other states? How does that work? I think that we have a great new uh, service on our website. It is called the Farm Feed Finder Marketplace. Uh, it's an online marketplace. Uh, we collaborated with the Vermont Agency of Digital Services to create this resource for anyone looking to buy or sell feed. So you can go register. It only takes a few minutes, and it's free, and you can uh, look for feed that's near you that's available. Or if you're one of the fortunate folks who has feed to sell, you can also list it there to connect you with potential buyers. And you can reach that uh, as a plug. You can reach that at agriculture.vermont.gov backslash farm hyphen feed hyphen finder hyphen marketplace. Oh, that is that is that new this year? That's new in response to the the severe damages to feed and hay that we uh, we found in our survey. We created this resource specifically Good for this for event. That is very impressive. Um, I love it. I'm going to ask you to do that uh, once more, though, the uh, link, because it got a little little complicated there. Could you do it again for us? Absolutely. It is agriculture.vermont.gov backslash farm hyphen feed hyphen finder hyphen marketplace. Perfect. Thank you very much. But, of course, we have this issue because you kept saying bye. Some farmers are running out of cash, and you had a, um, some survey information about when they think that's going to happen, that they won't have any money. Uh, I'm assuming through, um, uh, other, through sources, federal sources and others, that there is cash available for folks if they're running into trouble. Yes. Right now, the survey data showed that almost 60% of respondents said that their cash flow will go negative in the next year as a result of the severe weather and flooding, which is a really a stark data point that, that we collected. And I think it really conveys the urgency uh, and the, right. the immediateness of this disaster and its effects. And the purpose of this survey, well, we at the agency uh, working on the survey don't have control over the kinds of federal programs or, or state funding that becomes available, but we hope that this will inform decision makers that there is an immediate need for cash and grant relief for our farmers. That's great. Thank you. Um, Drew, we have Jim Faston on the phone who's calling to ask a question. Jim, you're on the air. Jim, are you there? Maybe not. Okay. Well, if uh, if we can uh, if we can get in touch. Sorry about that. I don't know where he went off to. Um, but anyway, um, I'm glad to hear that there's some relief. Hopefully, that uh, could be. Uh, 
they need cash to do lots of stuff. How many, um, I didn't notice on the survey, how many farmers actually lost their dwellings, their homes um, that are now homeless, plus having to deal with the farm? Good grief. Do you know how many have lost their homes, Drew? I don't know how many have specifically lost their homes, but we did ask people to um, to report on damage to their housing or their employees' housing. And so we had um, just a few, about 20 folks who had damage to housing uh, and about 15 who had damage to farm worker housing. And we are working to connect those folks specifically to assistance uh, that, that could help them with rebuilding housing. Yeah, I forgot about the workers' housing, too, because uh, um, they're not quite built as sturdy as, house, as somebody's residence. So I bet there's been some problems out there as well. I think we're going to try to get Jim back on the air. Jim from Faison, are you there? No. How strange is that? Okay. Well, we tried. Um, but anyway, um, I remember um, one of my jobs in in, uh, in Vermont uh, state government was dealing with the apple pickers down in uh, uh, the Middlebury area, and uh, um, you know those kind of homes might uh, not do well in this type of uh, in this type of disaster. So I'm hoping they are all okay, and uh, we can get them settled soon, because they're really out in in the country, far away from. Um, from centers uh, where you could go and, and have shelter, I'm assuming. So um, must be very complicated out there. Um, Drew, how how does this impact organic farms? Because I know it takes a long time to have your soil um, be uh, certified as organic, and now you've got the, a billion pounds of, of water and mud on your land. What does that do to the organic um, certification? It's a, it's a great question, and about 25% of our respondents said that they were certified organic uh, farmers in Vermont. If you're a farmer who has a concern with their organic certification for any reason, uh, we encourage you to contact your organic certifier and try and work through a solution with them. We don't anticipate major issues or blocks to certification, and we, we believe any of those issues has a solution that can fit the individual farmer. So if you are struggling or, or concerned about future certification, uh, please connect with your organic certifier or with the folks at the Northeast Organic Farming Association of Vermont. Oh, that's great. That's good to hear because I was talking to a farmer who wanted to go organic, and he was telling me, how long it takes to be sure that the soil is considered organic and what they have to go through. It's quite a, um, quite a journey. Um, so I'm glad because I would think that the mud alone would, uh, would be of, of concern because people really want, so many people want to buy certified organic food and uh, vegetables and, and all of the other things that are um, deemed organic. Um, when I was looking at a list of... Um, of um, what they call it, the the types of operations that we have in Vermont, and uh, uh, and I just thought I'd run it down for people because it's it's really an impressive list. List it's hay or feed uh, crops, livestock, vegetables, dairy, berries, maple products, eggs, and uh, all kinds of other things. It's we really run the gamut, don't we, in this state? 
We do. We have a, an incredible diversity of, of producers here. And the way that we ask that question is sort of a select all that apply. And what we found is that a lot of people produce more than one thing, in fact, three or four things. So diversified operations are, are really kind of central to Vermont's ag economy, and, and the survey results really bore that out. Well, you have to diversify. Isn't that what they tell you? You can't uh, put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. Um, so are flowers considered an agricultural product? Yes, and uh, the report that you've been mentioning kind of laid out the top six or seven types of operations, but we did have, I think, at least 20 or 25 producers of flowers in the state reporting damages oh. to us. Oh, excellent. Well, not excellent for them. I'm sorry for them, but I thought flowers, um, you see them popping up all over the place. We've got one on Route 12 uh, where I live in Berlin, and um, it's just beautiful to see them in operation. Um, so you mentioned, and maybe you could mention it again because it was staggering to me, the total number of acreage impacted. You said it was... Yes, the total number of acres was 27,318 uh, with acreage damages in, in every county in Vermont. That is just that is just staggering to me. Um I know there was a breakdown of the of the actual counties, and Addison County um, was the took the biggest hit, uh, had two million dollar losses. Um, could you kind of review what happened in in each of the counties because it is statewide, that's for sure. Absolutely, it is statewide. We had, I believe, seven counties with over a million dollars in damages by the time the survey closed. Addison actually had three point one million dollars in damages. Oh. Uh, two million for Bennington and Chittenden, about 1.1 to 1.5 for Washington, Rutland, Lamoille, and Windsor, uh, which is not to discount six-figure damages for every county in Vermont. Wow, amazing! How sad. Um, I love to go over to Chittenden County when I first moved here. That's where I'd go if I thought, "Oh, did I make a mistake?" You know, what am I doing here? And I would go over to Chittenden County and look at the landscape and the lake, and I'm like, nope, I'm good. And uh, <laughs> that, oh, I did, I did that. I swear I did it at least two times a week. I'd go over, no, no, it's good. Um, Drew, one thing I was, I don't know, surprised at, I guess, is how many of our farmers do not carry crop or livestock insurance. Is it because of cost? because of uh, inability to get insurance? Why? Um, it's not like they haven't seen some of this stuff before over the years here in Vermont. Absolutely. Well, crop insurance is a, a complicated issue in the United States. Uh, in the U.S., crop insurance is traditionally suited for single crop growers and large-scale growers in other parts of the country. And most of our Vermont producers, which we've talked about here, are small, they're diversified, uh, and crop, crop insurance doesn't necessarily suit their operation because the cost of that insurance often isn't feasible for our producers. And most crop insurance is covering individual or single crops, and the cost to insure multiples is too much for our producers. Oh, wow, I see. That's interesting because, as we just say, talked about, most farmers diversify because you've got to make money. So if uh, one crop isn't doing so well, you you kind of switch to the other. That's really bad. Is there any effort to get them to see the light and to 
um, support all our farmers? I think there are some programs that the USDA has, such as the non-insured uh, ag producer, the disaster assistance program that some folks were enrolled in uh, that can uh, assist folks who are not insured. And there are certain uh, disadvantaged, socially disadvantaged farmers, uh, first-time farmers, minority and women farmers who are automatically enrolled in that program. But it's become clear uh, through this disaster that that is a single program that's not enough to help cover some of these losses. And it is one of those data points that we have shared with policymakers uh, and some of the decision makers to try and encourage those uh, additional funds to help our farmers recover. Makes sense to me, but that sometimes doesn't work in uh, Washington. But anyway, Jim is trying again to get through to you, um, so we're going to let him try one more time. I hope it works this time. Jim, are you there? I You're there. I heard your voice. Nope. Close. Hi, Pat. Yeah, hi. Oh, there. Hi. How are you? Nope, it's gone. Uh, Yeah, it's gone. Okay, never mind. We tried. That's enough. Um, I'm sorry, because Faison is a a good agricultural area for sure. Um, So we talked about insurance and and about uh, what the feds are, are or are not doing. Um, you talked about uh, farmers' markets, and um, um, what are we going to see in farmers' markets? And um, oh, and I was even thinking about the Tunbridge World Fair, for heaven's sake. It's going to be a, a, a kind of a scarce year this year, isn't it? I think it's hard to strike a balance because we do want to focus on the severe damages to many of our producers and how uh, immense their struggle is. But there is also another and and a large part of the Vermont ag economy that is uh, open for business and and in need of support through a difficult year. The uh, Agency of Agriculture and the rest of the Vermont state government has a campaign out right now called Vermont Bound. And we are encouraging, uh, whether you live here or somewhere else, we want you to know that uh, every one of Vermont's uh, over 60 registered farmers markets are open. Some of them are in different locations or uh, have other accommodations, but they are open. Producers are there with things for sale. And what they need most from visitors and residents alike is to support them in this difficult year. Well, I was at one of the questions I was going to ask was how, how can we help? And I think you get, certainly gave us uh, one of those answers. Do they do they list on the website where where the, the um, farmers markets are located? Yeah, you can find. Uh, I'm just getting the link now to make sure that I uh, can give it to you because I'm sure it'll be another complicated one. There is a <laughs> farmers market directory that is oh, run okay. by the Northeast Organic Farming Association of Vermont. And uh, I won't give the full URL because it is kind of long, but if you go to NOFA, N-O-F-A-V-T dot org, from there you can find organic and local food uh, from their main menu page. And there is a directory with all of the markets, their address, contact, and their hours. That's great. NOFA is a great organization. I should have them back on uh, on the air. That's a, that's a really great group of people. Um, and um, uh, nice to know because I love everybody. Lo- I don't know who doesn't love a farmer's market um, because it's 
and I'm big on buying meat from um, from the farmers market, so it's a farm to my house kind of deal, and um, and they're all certified. And uh, Ensign told me one time that uh, that AG certifies meats that are to be sold in state, and uh, the feds certify meat that is to be sold out of state. Um, so you always look for that certification, and you're good to go. And many times it's a whole lot cheaper than um, what you might buy in the supermarkets, and it tastes a lot better, too. Um, so there you go. Um, I think I wanted to um, to talk to you. I lost my train of thought here. Um, um Oh, my gosh, I went blank. Um, so what's – oh, I know what I wanted to talk about, and since, um, and since the Secretary's uh, task force. Um, he's established the, – the Secretary of Ag has established a special task force, um, which um, is meant to take all of this information that you've, that you've gotten and whatever else information is available and make some serious recommendations, I'm assuming, um, because you'll be giving your information to the secretary and then pass it on to the special task force. Can you talk about that task force? Yeah, absolutely. The Vermont Agricultural Recovery Task Force uh, had their first meeting on, on August 8th, and I believe right. they meet again tomorrow. It is uh, co-chaired by our Administrative Services Director, Nicole Dubuque, and uh, Roy Beckford of University of Vermont Extension. Uh, it's made up of a number of state and federal partners, uh, some of the really great minds focused on agriculture here in Vermont, uh, whether that is, uh, like we talked about, NOFA Vermont, the Farm Bureau, the Farm and Forest Viability Program, Agency of Natural Resources, Commerce and Community Development, and from the USDA, the Farm Service Agency, the NRCS, National Conservation Service, and USDA Rural Development. And their goal as this group of individuals is to come together identify the key priorities uh, through community engagement and from subject matter experts, and, and that includes the survey, which uh, they have access to and have viewed uh, multiple times now. And uh, they're going to take my uh, our survey and they're going to implement strategy proposals that support Vermont farmers in recovering uh, lost revenue and assets. And uh, one of their biggest tasks, I believe, is to communicate the critical needs of Vermont's food system to state and federal policymakers. Wow, that's great! Big task for them. That's good, and I will thank them for the for the time and the effort. Um, we certainly need to support our farmers for sure. Um, uh, Drew, is there anything else um, um, that we should talk about the survey? Because I was going to surprise you a little bit and talk about what you do. Uh, besides all of this, because I, you mentioned a laundry list of things which perked my interest. So no is there anything else we should talk, put you on the spot? Is there anything else that we should talk about the survey? Well, I think the, the thing to end on, which I don't know that we've had a chance to cover, is that our producers who reported to us lost, on average, almost 30% of their annual income from the flooding. And that's a really sobering number to, to look at and, and hear stories from producers. If you look at your own job or the job that I hold or, or a, and anywhere in Vermont, 
Uh, if over a two-week period you suddenly lost almost a third of, of your income, you would be looking around worried, stressed, overburdened. And I think it's um, just, as we've talked about, critically important to get out in any small way that you can. I know everybody is facing the crunch um, of uh, spending money right now. But if you have something to spend, to dedicate it towards our farmers, support them through this season so that they can make it to next season and be here again for all of the Vermont Ag products that, that we love and, and get to access every day. Well said. Buy local, people, for sure. Um, so, um, and, could, and you've got the survey on the, uh, on the website it's really worth taking a look at because, as Drew just said, it's pretty sobering. And um, farmers with their families and their kids, they this is their livelihood. And uh, so we should go to farmers markets, buy local whenever you can. If there's a fundraiser out there, participate um, because um, they just need our help. And, and it would be a great way to show so much support, as do our businesses and, and other folks, too. So... So get away from the Internet and go buy local, right? That's the message. Um, Drew, Absolutely. you were talking about, could you do that laundry list of things you're responsible for uh, once again for us? Sure. Uh, I So I, uh, I manage the development division data and metrics efforts. Uh, I do some, we're working on some grants data tracking, uh, farmer's market pricing, uh, beef pricing and volume. And uh, I also manage a weekly newsletter from the Agriculture Development Division that goes out every Sunday. And I manage the uh, Fairs and Field Days uh, grants and stipends program, which provides uh, capital investments to Vermont's Fairs and Field Days, as well as stipends to help them with their programming and operating costs. You've got a full plate there. My goodness. So I, I much like Vermont farmers, I have a diversity of work, which I, I really appreciate and enjoy. Yes, you do. Um, and you talked about farmers market uh, pricing. What does that entail? Well, we have a partnership with the USDA Agricultural Marketing Service where we pay stipends to farmers market managers to report pricing data on a weekly basis through the market season. And we produce a weekly report on our website that highlights uh, low, high, and average pricing for uh, fruits, vegetables, uh, meat, and eggs at markets across the state. And, and what, is, what is the impact of that report? What do people use it for um, to go shopping different places for uh, lower prices or just to get a handle on on um, what things are costing here in Vermont? I think ideally for us, it's helpful for, for both consumers and producers. It's helpful for consumers to have a reference point of what the average item costs at markets across right. the state so they can be informed shoppers. And it's helpful for producers because if you are a new or beginning producer, you might be trying to grow something new or bring something new to market. It can be hard to find a reference point. And so we have uh, weekly reports throughout the season. And we also on our website have a data dashboard that highlights uh, three years of uh, uh, pricing for more than 50 market items. So you can see how prices has changed uh, from 2019 through 2022. Well, that's interesting. You know what I love about farmers markets and our farmers? If you, um, if you don't know what an item is or don't know how to cook it or what it is, they will spend 
so much time with you talking about... I, I did this with Jerusalem artichokes one time because I didn't know what they were, and um, I thought they were a little strange-looking. And so I asked the, the farmer, um, what, uh, what are these things? <laughs> he spent so much time with me telling me how to cook it, telling me uh, the, val- the nutritional value of it. He was amazing. And it's so much fun to go to farmer's markets to, just to learn about the produce and, and the enthusiasm from the farmers when you ask them questions are just amazing to me. I love it. Um, I'm sure you've got the same experience when you go out because you must visit the farmer's markets a lot. Absolutely, and I, I just took my, my young son and daughter to the Randolph Farmer's Market where I live, oh. and uh, it was a fantastic Saturday. Lots of ag producers, lots of prepared foods uh, and crafts. They had a car show going on at the market, uh, and I was able to pick up some, some really fantastic things to bring home. And I think it speaks to farmers have to do everything. They have to be accountants and farmers yep. and marketers, uh, and, and like you said, they're also educators, and they help us understand and learn new things about food uh, every every time I visit. Yeah, they're great. and they're, they're, the enthusiasm. I mean, I, I I'm sure some of them are a little down these days for sure about what they've got to deal with, but deep down inside, they they love what they do. And and if you ask them a question and show some interest, it really um, gets them going. Because I I can give you a whole speech on Jerusalem artichokes. <laughs> they're, they're a strange looking little uh, thing. That I thought, what is that? But anyway, we eat them, and they're delicious. Um, so you also do feed. That probably makes a lot of sense, the feed pricing, which is um, important to the farmers and um, uh, where to get the best feed for the, the least amount of, uh, of cost. Um, oh, yeah, I think it, it might have come through uh, wrong uh, from the phone. It's actually beef, um, beef, oh, uh, oh, bulk, beef. bulk pricing. Uh, for for carcasses and also for retail cuts. So we have a cohort of, oh yeah, we have a cohort of 10 beef producers who report every month uh, their volume uh, and their pricing so that we can get a snapshot of what the beef industry looks like in the state. Uh, And we produce those monthly reports uh, and publish them on our website as well. I am a beef eater for sure. That's it. I I just, if I don't have a, a... a steak at least once once every couple of weeks. I'm depressed. Um, and we, <laughs> we are uh, we are as Sorry. a family working now on buying a, a quarter or a half of a cow going into the fall, and, and we are we're very yep. excited. I want to do that sometimes. I want to get a freezer and do that because that's where the, the savings come from. If you if you uh, find a farmer and get a quarter of whatever and whatever you need and. It is so good. From you can taste it blind. Do a blind taste test between the Hannafords and the uh, the farm. You can taste the difference. It's just amazing to me how how uh, different the fee, the uh, the beef is right from the farm. Um, it's really cool. I do that a lot. Uh, I'm in Maine at the moment, and that's big here as well as it is back home. So um, um, it's cool. Um, and so um, and oh, we got a few minutes. What do you um, um, the weekly the weekly paper that you put out, anyone can sign up for it, and we can find out what's up. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so we run the Agriculture Development Newsletter every Sunday, and it's full of our funding opportunities that we uh, have to support farmers and people in the working lands economy. It has uh, information on, on webinars and workshops, farm tours, uh, and, and information from our partners and, and from our, our federal 
um, agencies as well. And if you if you're interested in signing up for that, you can email andrew.watson at vermont.gov and I can get you signed up. Drew, the one other thing you mentioned, which I love, field days. Uh, I think it's called farm and field days. I can't read my own writing. Um, this this state has got so many cool things going on, especially this time of the year um, with field days and and uh, you know and the, the Tunbridge World Fair must be coming up soon one of these days. I just love going to the field days and seeing what's happening and what's up. It must be absolutely. Uh, the so fairs and field days are they're amazing. Uh they're amazing to work with and, and be a part of. I was at the Bondville Fair in Winhall, Vermont, uh two weeks ago to visit for they are the oldest continuously operating fair in Vermont. They celebrated their two hundred and twenty fifth consecutive oh. year. Uh, this year, and I've had a great chance to visit uh, some of the folks at Addison County Fairs and Field Days uh, and, and the Tunbridge World's Fair as well. And yep. we try here at the agency, we have funds to support them in making capital improvements. Uh, they can oh, get perfect. up to 35000 every year to, uh, to make big changes, uh, improve the safety, the layout, uh, the experience for, for fairgoers. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Um, that's great yeah. that you helped them out because it's just such a part of who Vermont is. And it's, you know what? I just realized when we were talking about the, when you said improvements, can we just flip back a little bit to the survey? Um, a lot of uh, the uh, farmers reported damage to all of their equipment, and um, you see you see uh, fields of farms with these giant pieces of equipment. And I know they cost more than a dollar ninety-eight. Um, is there help for that for farmers? I mean, how are they going to replace the? They need all that stuff, and how are they going to re, replace that? The infrastructure um, and the, um, uh, you know, the equipment that they need—it's ridiculous. It's so expensive, and they're so beautiful out there on the on the farms and the fields, and I like watching them work. It is. It, it's extraordinary uh, the the equipment that has been damaged in the infrastructure. Uh, the disaster declaration from the USDA uh, has been approved, and you can contact your farm service agency uh, if you are looking for a, an emergency low interest loan. Understand that a lot of farmers don't have the capacity to take on more loans, and part of this survey effort is to inform the urgency. Of, of what we hope will be additional funds coming to help with things like equipment and infrastructure. Well, some of the loans that I've heard of for businesses and individuals, they um, put off payment for a while, um, uh, the low interest, they, that you can have a year's worth of grace. I'm hoping that that may be the same thing here, because you're right, most of us, um, um, I'm not I'm speaking for myself, actually kind of paycheck to paycheck, and a farmer's, uh, life is is probably along that line. It's um, it's very difficult yeah. for them, especially after coming off of the the huge frost we just had not too long ago. Um, you just don't know what Mother Nature is going to throw at you, and you've got to be you've got to be ready for it. Though, though this was the worst thing that's ever happened here, isn't it? It, it, it certainly feels like it. Uh, recently, I, I know that Hurricane Irene was was incredibly damaging, but this. 
feels obviously more present. And uh, the the last plug I want to make is that the Vermont Community Foundation does have a second round of disaster relief grants for farms, and that includes replacement of seed, feed, livestock, supplies, or equipment, uh, as well as infrastructure or capital repairs. Uh, They are grants up to $10,000, and you can uh, find those at uh, vermontcf.org. And the second round of that funding is open, uh, I believe, until September 27th. That is very important. Thank you. And these are grants, not loans, which is different. These are these are grants from the Vermont great. Community Foundation, yes. That's great. The Community Foundation, I will have them come on the show. I'm trying to get as much information out there as I can because it's hard for people to to get to understand the scope of what's available to them. Um, so that's an important um, important part of this, especially if they're going to do it again. Good for them. So I want to thank you, Drew, for all of your work. This survey was right on the money. Thank you for everything you do for Farmer's Market. I'm a big Farmer's Market person, and I'm going to sign up for your weekly newsletter. So thank you very much. We appreciate it. Come back. If you've got any updates, we'd be glad to hear from you. Um, We thank you. This is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. 